KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. This is KYW News Radio In Depth. I'm Matt Leon. Time for our weekly economic discussion with David Fiorenza, Associate Professor of Practice, Villanova School of Business. Now, this will be our last talk for the calendar year. So, we talk about some things to look at now, but we're also going to take a look back at 2020 as a whole from an economic standpoint. What have we learned? What was David thinking about back before the pandemic began in the U.S.? We will also take a look ahead to what to expect in 2021 as well. Give a listen. So we're going to take a look at the whole year, maybe take a look ahead to 2021, but we also wanted to tackle a couple of things kind of in our moment here. Number of first-time unemployment benefits continues to creep up. We are approaching 900,000 last week. It's the most since early September. I really don't see a scenario where it doesn't hit seven figures again. What do you think? Well, we could hit another milestone, and that milestone could be just, as you said, hitting seven figures, a million uh, per week, especially after the Christmas holiday season is over, after the New Year's is over, what happens in January when others are going to start filing traditionally for some unemployment? So we may hit that million person mark. I don't want to, but it's not out of the realm. Some more bad news. Retail sales in November of fell 1.1%. Another drop that was worse than people thought. I think the biggest drop in seven months. Uh, what does that tell us, especially, you know, November? You're talking the Christmas season. Absolutely. Now we have two months in a row that retail sales have declined. And as you said, it's the, it's, it's been ha- the largest decline since the pandemic has started. Uh, the economy is actually showing more cracks and more fissures, and the fissures are starting to grow. Americans are staying close to home again due to the coronavirus Sure, they may be shopping online, but I think it's because of unemployment that they're being very cautious about what they spend money on because they may not have uh, any funds coming in unemployment-wise after December 31st. We have talked ad nauseum for months about the, the lack of another stimulus plan. As we're recording this late Friday morning, it would appear the two sides are close. Uh, it seems like it would imp- include more unemployment uh, provisions. It would include some more direct payments to people. Uh, those, are, I think, are the, the headlines that a lot of people are looking at. From what you've seen of what's being proposed, what do you think? And are you confident they will get this across the finish line? Well, I am confident that they will get it across the finish line. But what it's going to look like, God only knows, because this changes on an almost hourly basis. And it's such a moving target. I think you and I would have a better chance going to a casino and putting our numbers on the roulette's table than trying to figure out what both sides are doing and what the House and the Senate is doing. But how important is it to finally get something done? It's more important every week as you and I speak, and this is the last time it has to happen because let's let's give the money to the people. We'll figure out the debt later on. Uh, next year and the year after. I have good confidence in the Federal Reserve that the Federal Reserve is actually being a leader in all of this. So now that we've tackled the moment, let's kind of, this is our last conversation for the calendar year 2020. So let's kind of take a big view. First of all, I'm curious, uh, since we didn't even know each other back in January and February, uh, back in the before times, what were the economic topics on the top of your mind back then, before the pandemic, before you had any concern that life was going to change in the U.S.? 
Oh, great question and great time to bring this up, Matt. I'm so happy we've had this time throughout the, uh, unfortunately during the pandemic, but to be able to shed light on lots of subjects. So I was looking at a figure saying, are we going to be able to sustain low unemployment? And in the end, I, I'm looking at it, are we going to be able to sustain high unemployment? Are we going to be able to sustain uh, a continual growth in GDP? Well, we didn't, obviously, during the pandemic. Uh, I was waiting for the fact that there would be a slowdown at some point, whether it was housing or whether it was in tourism and hospitality. But I didn't expect a pandemic. I don't think anybody did. And I didn't, I didn't expect that it would go on for this long and even into next year. Now we're starting to see some vaccines come out. When the pandemic started, what were your main economic concerns uh, as we were all kind of getting our hands and our arms around what was happening? And how did they kind of play out? Was Were things worse than you thought they'd be? Uh, did things hold up a little better? Overall, how would you, how would you say the economy uh, hand, has handled the pandemic to this point? Well, a lot, a lot of the frontline workers, whether they're in healthcare, law enforcement, even retail, and anybody who's uh, in customer service, that was my concerns. How was this all going to uh, affect them? How was it going to play out? Did we have enough supplies? Did we have enough things to be able to handle such a, a large pandemic such as this? I never thought it, I would see numbers like this, meaning not just pandemic people getting cases, but meaning unemployment being this large. Uh, I never thought I would I would see the GDP go down uh, in in the one quarter that it went down thirty five percent. That was shocking to me. I almost fell off my chair when we read that, and the, uh, uh, and I never thought that um that I would see uh, basically the number of deaths, unfortunately, and also knowing people that have had it, whether it be at Villanova, whether it be family, friends. You and I have discussed things off the air. So my concerns are it has affected and impacted everybody, and globally too, Matt. Uh, it just shows us how how much of a global economy the United States is because we deal with everybody uh, in Asia and Europe. When it's written in the history books, and obviously we're still dealing with the pandemic, but when 2020 is looked back on, what do you think will be the, the main economic headline? Obviously, it's the pandemic affecting it in the overarching sense. But what will be the things that you think people will look at as really kind of things we learned things that were really surprising, things that changed things forever. What are a couple of examples? I, I think uh, lessons learned, listen to the Federal Reserve. As much as some people uh, comment to me saying that they don't like the control the Federal Reserve has, but I say listen to them. They're an independent. Uh, if we have a good Fed chairperson like we do in Jerome Powell, uh, they're trying to keep this this uh, titanic afloat, if you will. I do know there are a lot of economists throughout the United States and, and all the great universities, Villanova included, who will be doing research on this, writing papers. And that will be something that will be um, good in history lessons for up and coming students. It'll be good to learn from all of this. And I think we need to take away the fact that, that um, Congress has to get out and look more at the American public, the small town uh, America, the old uh John Cougar Mellencamp, uh, born living in a small town. Even Miranda Lambert says it. Springsteen says it. Get out there and look to see how the small town people, how are they faring through all of this? And to your point on that, uh, that kind of leads me to a discussion. Economic inequality was a problem before the pandemic. It was a significant problem. It's been put on steroids, I think, with regards to what we've seen over the last eight, nine months 
How concerned are you about where we are as a country? We talked about a K-shaped recovery. Everything points to that continuing. What, uh, you know, how concerned are you about the, the state of economic inequality in this country? And how do we start to address it? Well, it continues to, to happen. Uh, I think uh, we've seen some industries such as tech really go through the roof during this, um, during this pandemic whether it be their salaries, profits, and that's okay. They're, they're private industries, um, just like the small business person is a private industry. I think more emphasis in each and every state has to be put on the small business owner. Uh, they're the ones who are on the front lines, just like the, the law enforcement and the small town hospitals and all of our doctors and dentists. Uh, they're the ones every day who are taking care of us. So I think um, you're going to see whether we like it or not, you're going to see more legislation, I think, in the next coming administration when it comes to wages. Maybe that's minimum wage. Uh, it could be maybe um, health care. We'll see. I, and I think that's the way that Congress is going to handle it. Uh, I'm not sure if that's the best way to handle it, but that's the only way we have in the short term to handle it at this time without getting into a big mess. And to the point of ec economic inequality, I think one of the biggest lessons I learned this year is how much you have to separate the markets from the actual economy. As an economist, how big a lesson is that to learn? And has 2020 really spotlighted that as we, on one hand, talk about nearly a million people a week out of work, but on the other hand, you and I are talking off the cuff about that. The Dow went up 500 points yesterday. Right. And, and we spoke about the Dow before, how it's a it's a forward-thinking market, whether it's the Dow, S&P, and NASDAQ. And they're looking ahead to um, about June 2021, believing by that point that uh, besides the Fed holding rates near zero, uh, the Fed hoping that there's going to be improvements in the economy uh, through 2021, um, the, the Dow and the people in the stock market are looking at the, that the pandemic will start to slow down next year and those in the stock market will uh, look at those numbers. They look at basically a forecast, and they, they're hoping that um, more money will be poured into the stock market, more money will be poured into the economy. Uh, I hope they're right. I hope the economy does start to improve by mid-next year. They say start to improve. How long – and I we say this. We're still in the middle of this. Like, we have vaccines. There's light at the end of the tunnel. But how long do you think – we will be feeling the ripple effects of 2020 on the economy. I would imagine it's something we'd measure in years. Absolutely. Now, I noticed housing confidence has started to slip. So if housing starts to slip and if manufacturing starts to slip, there is a lot of industries involved in housing. And if that happens next year, that is going to um, be detrimental to the economy. There's a large part of the economy that's not reopened right now, and that's tourism and hospitality. We are a, a service industry. We are a tourism industry. That's places like Disney. Uh, that's places in California. Even here, right in the Philadelphia area, we are a hotbed for tourism. Uh, once people feel comfortable traveling again by, by plane and even, uh, even going from state to state and restrictions are let up, then we'll start to see the economy do a lot better. We've had a, I've had a lot of people, and my executive producer talks about this a lot, this Robinhood app that people can do the individual stock trades, uh, and it really seemed to explode this year. Is that a good thing, and has that opened up a whole 
new realm of investors, or is it still driven by the, the usual people that it's driven by as we talk about markets being kind of decoupled from the economy? Well, there's always new innovation and technology that, that's occurring, and that'll hit certain parts of the market. You're always going to have your traditional people who like to still visit stockbrokers, obviously now by Zoom or by phone or email. And you also have a lot of what we call discount brokerage houses and a lot of companies online of the TD, Ameritrade, E-Trade, and other companies where you can do your own investing. Um, the once you start to see investing happening now on your smartphones and on your tablets, uh, it opens up a whole realm for the future for investing. So we've talked uh, a lot about 2020. What are you expecting in 2021? What are the kind of the big picture things you're going to, to look at next year? Obviously, kind of an overall recovery and working through the pandemic, but you know, big picture, what uh, what are you looking for next year? I, I see the economy opening up slowly, uh, not until after the first quarter. Uh, I see the economy maybe going into that double dip recession for the first quarter of next year, but then coming out of it, I don't see a recovery of 35%, 30%, 20 but I do see the recovery in the single digits Whereas where we should be every year between two and three and four percent GDP, that's not going to happen until probably the third quarter next year. Um, luckily, we've been able to open up some some sports at the professional level and even the collegiate level to be able to keep things going a little bit, uh, whether it was with fans or not with fans. Um, I, I think you're going to see a lot of changes at a lot of entertainment venues. You're going to see a lot of changes at a lot of sports venues. Um, just recently, I noticed that there's going to be a tour starting in January where uh, one of the artists, Todd Rundgren, is asking people to bring along a piece of paper that shows that they have a negative test of COVID before you enter the theater. And people say, we can't do that. Well, it's a private theater. He's a private citizen, a private musician. He can do what he wants if he wants you to come to your concert. Uh, I don't see that happening uh, nationwide, those kinds of things. But I do see precautions coming about similar to what we had uh, pre-9-11 terrorism attack, and then post-9-11 after the terrorism attacks when it comes to safety and security. David Fiorenza, been a fun year, and one of the highlights of a difficult year has been getting to know you and getting to do these reports. Thanks so much. Thank you so much. I do appreciate it. Uh, from the Villanova School of Business, we appreciate it too. Have a good holiday. Thank you so much, Matt. That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio In-Depth. You can listen and subscribe to the podcast on the Radio.com app or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon.